PFT Media. You are now listening to Cinema Crespediso. Chris Crespo Radio Show. Everybody likes it. Listen to his shit. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 435 of Cinema Crespo. So I'm your host, Chris Crespo. We chilling in the studio. I got Drewster Cogburn. Yo! What up, dude? What's up, dude? How you doing, man? Doing. How you doing? Oh, boy. You know, uh, not good these days. I mean, good sometimes, sometimes not. You know, it's are a we, mix. Are you talking like existential not good or a physical not good? I will uh, say for a, a little bit, a few weeks, existentially, I am having a mini crisis deep inside me. You know, uh, on, on on multiple dimensional levels. Uh, but on a more uh, intimate level that people can really identify with, uh, I took a real wallet stinger this week with a, <laughs> with a home appliance not uh, not working properly there and, you go. and having do- to replace it. That'll do it. Yeah, it's like oh my god, okay, savings savings going good. Got some money. Got it. Oh, well, gee, that, money gone. That's why you have savings. <laughs> I guess to spend it on shit like this. Brutal, 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 brutal. It's for it's fine though. Uh, how are you doing? Buddy? I'm doing. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, you you've been embarking day, on your own new career lately, day by day, right? hour by hour, just trying to survive. Second by second, <laughs> just oh, making it, man. Oh my god, making it. <laughs> are we making it? Well, yeah. I guess we are. Yeah, no, it was fu- actually it was it was quite funny. A uh, couple days ago, I was at the grocery store. Mm-hmm. Uh, two girls, well, one on the cash register, the other one the bagger, prof. Both maybe within like five years of each other, but both of them like probably in their twenties. Okay. Uh, and they said, "How are you?" I said, "I am," and that kind of started this weird conversation <laughs> where I explained that we may or may not be alive. Oh my god, Drew! Talked, uh, you know, I, I went in on the whole perception of life and reality thing, and I think I blew both their minds. Those poor girls. Yeah, it was hilarious. What was it was like seven forty-five in the morning. No, it was after work. So oh, it was, it was like five thirty-six o'clock at night. They're like, why is this ultra tan white guy yeah, uh-huh. uh, explaining existence to us in such a way? <laughs> well, I, I, we, we actually, just, we were just asking if you needed help to the car. Like jokingly, I, w- I, m- I made a joke, and that's how it all started. But uh, they, I th- like, I think it was maybe the first or maybe the second time they either of them had ever even pondered something. <laughs> they, of that now you know a question like that to themselves they were that that young well i don't think that young well, i just don't young, think just that that unworldly not unworldly well, inex- no. inexperienced uh, yeah you can't even call it inex- some people just don't care about that shit chris I guess like it doesn't true. like it, it just doesn't interest them in the slightest so they don't, don't incurious you know? yeah the incurious ones oh. Uh, and you brought to them. You were like, "What if, guys?" Yeah, just, yeah just exactly. Think about yeah, yeah, it. yeah. Uh huh. And then they were like, "What?" Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, "No, but like seriously, like, like, what proof do you have that you're even alive right now? Prove to me that you're like, alive. Like, just, just, just think about that for a second. Like, prove your your emotions are valid to me now. <laughs> and then they just start crying. No, just not even prove you're alive. Just like prove existence. Pro- prove that this is real. That this, you know, Neil deGrasse Tyson had an interesting. I'm not saying I'm some sort of an NG. 
his NGT uh, apologist here or whatever because he is kind of creepy with the he can be his, well he invited uh, female interns of the, the place he works at the planetary female interns to his hotel room to a hotel room 11 o'clock at night with like wine and chocolates and shit for a study sesh or you know whatever bullshit how come you didn't ask any of the boy uh, male interns because he for wasn't the same trying thing? to fuck them thank you what, what, okay so he, here, here's my question like asking somebody to do that Trying to fuck somebody is totally okay. Yeah, sure. But when it's a power dynamic, when you're the head of the Hayden Planetarium and it's young interns who already look up to you, so it's already your the power dynamic is in your favor, and then you're doing it under the guise of, oh, this is good for your career. You know, <coughs> this is, you know, work guys. But it's going to be at 11 o'clock at night, and I'm in a rogue. Yeah. So, I mean, come on. Oh, boy. <laughs> but anyway, he posited that this can't be a simulation because the idea that simulation theory is that uh, you know, there's so many, there's like, there's uh, someone simulated and then there's a simulation within it and that it would keep going down uh, and that we haven't actually created a full AI world at this point. So that means we're, we're either at the beginning of that chain or we're at the very end of that chain and the possibility of either of those uh, is like so mighty. equally astronomical. So it's you know? like uh, so somehow this proves it. But I'm like, how do you know? You can't prove that the the way games play out now. Like I, I play The Simpsons tapped out on my phone. I'm playing it less and less these days. But there's like 250 characters now roaming around my fully built out uh, Springfield, and they're just walking around. I give them tasks, they do things. How do I not know within that game that when I tell Lisa to study for eight hours, that she's not playing with, her own? Within that thing, Lisa <laughs> Simpson is like studying for eight hours. She's living her life, and then they're walking around Springfield, they're bumping into each other. How do I know within the game they're not living their own existences that matter to them? You don't, right? So that could be in itself uh, for, to them. It could well, be I mean, real. You, you'd have to talk to the program. I mean, somebody knows they answer that question because somebody programmed that shit. What I'm saying, <laughs> okay, so what you're doing is God is the uh, the omniscient creator where he programs it and he did it specifically in a way that like they are going to interact with each other and they are going to know what's going on. I'm saying God is the watchmaker. He just wound up the gears and then let it go and now it's going and he doesn't know how what's happening within the gears. It's just well, it's not that he doesn't know. It's just he, it's he, just he, in motion. He doesn't care what's happening within the gears. That, that could be that could be another thing. The pro- <laughs> yeah, the programmer doesn't care when when Hans Moment and <laughs> Otto, the bus driver, bump into each Don't, other no, outside no, of Moe's Tavern. No. The, the programmer doesn't care about any no, of that. The, the programmer did their job. They made the program that allowed them to do that. But now Hans Moe and Otto are having a conversation outside of Moe's about maybe we should go in here. But then all of a sudden, Otto's like, nope, I got to go do a thing for 24 hours. And then because I had yeah. a button that made him yeah. do a thing. Perhaps. Right? Unknowingly. Maybe I should have mixed that black line <laughs> with the Sertera relief. Maybe that was a little bit too much there. And that's on you. Also, my media diet has been pretty low this week. How about you? Do you have? A- I only watched two things. Okay, so no. I uh, we're gonna have to stretch it. Stretch. <laughs> I got a decent amount of uh, uh, news stories for the second half, though. Um, let's see, guys. I am going to review Guy Ritchie's Wrath of Man. Just came out this weekend. Have you seen any marketing for this thing, Drew? I saw one trailer for it a couple days ago in front of something, and I was like, oh, Guy Ritchie has a movie. Yes. Uh, I've been seeing its name popping up for a while, and then I knew it was coming out this weekend, but I just went ahead and avoided all trailers. Didn't know much about it. And uh, I will say it is a surprisingly dark and uh, humorless affair okay. from Guy Ritchie this time around. Apparently, it's a remake of a French heist film. Okay. So maybe that's part of the reason why. Maybe the French one is also maybe similarly funny. dark. Yeah, French films can be very, very funny. So uh, maybe they're just, uh, 
He just wanted to go dark. Maybe he needs a hug. I think Guy Ritchie needs a hug because this movie is fucking pretty bleak. Pretty bleak from start to finish. It uh, And there's even one small section that gave me like 8mm vibes. Ooh. Right. <laughs> I was like, whoa. Whoa, that's not, not cool. Yeah, I got to one <laughs> section where I was like, whoa, this is an interesting like, underworld that we're dipping our toes like into now. Every time I see the poster for 8mm, I'm like, oh, 8mm, Nicolas Cage. I shouldn't wait. No, I should no, not no, rewatch no, that. No, 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 do not. Uh, no, I should, I should not rewatch that. Never mind. It's, no. like, it's like Joel <laughs> Schumacher got all mad about people uh, shitting on his Batman. You make movies for children. <laughs> He's like, I will show you. <laughs> <laughs> and he did <laughs> show, show your kids this fucking shit fuck no I don't even want to watch it again yeah it's crazy um, so I mean I kind of do actually maybe, <laughs> maybe it's time for a rewatch maybe we'll see patreon.com slash crazy so um, Wrath of Man Jason Statham uh, so I went into it with low expectations actually as I ramble here for a second Drew can you do me the old school favor of pulling up the old Rotten Tomatoes oh man and let's see what the I score is on this one done that very long I time. know right I think it's oh, we're opening back up baby we're gonna have to start getting into this groove again of reviewing new movies on a weekly basis and uh, so it's I went into it just 66 six, you know what that's not so bad technically that's fresh isn't it yeah 66 no so yeah. well no it's not certified I mean it's just it's just fresh yeah. no there's certified fresh and then there's fresh yeah. not like it matters I mean, the audience all. scores 91 so yeah but audiences are stupid I know Um, I would give it like a, I would give it like a 6 out of 10 Honestly, because I went into it just wanting Jason Statham to be a badass. I also wanted some of that Guy Ritchie... Weirdness. Yes. And you don't get much of that. There's a little bit of time jumping, but again, that just may be from the original film, for all I know. Because I haven't seen that. Jeffrey Donovan? Josh Hartnett? Holy shit. So Josh Hartnett plays... What the fuck? Josh Hartnett plays Boy Sweat Dave. And apparently, I read this before seeing the movie, he was just in town... Um, when they shot this, I think it was shot in L.A. It is, yeah, because it's totally an awesome L.A. movie. Great L.A. movie, actually. And um, Hartnett, his role was just like a throw throwaway role, one or two lines tops, and then the actor they had for it dropped out. Guy Ritchie calls up Josh Hartnett. It's like, hey, I think I may have something for you if you want to uh, do something. And all his dialogue in the movie, everything, they just made it up. They improvised his character and his dialogue throughout the film, which is, yeah, it is an interesting choice. Um, so it's a movie about uh, Jason Statham getting hired in at a, it's a heist film, but also a revenge movie. Statham plays the guy who gets hired into a, a, a money transporting, like a Brinks security type thing. Um, and, uh, but there's like, they're always obviously afraid of being robbed and shit. And this is a world where, uh, armed truck heist happen all the time apparently okay, gotcha. one of these things right? Yeah, yeah. hyper real uh, and then it's also Jason Statham being a badass so I wanted Guy Ritchie craziness and I wanted Jason Statham being a badass Guy Ritchie-ness really dialed down it's really just him being dark and intense uh, and doing a little time jumping but again that, I think that's just the original story mm-hmm. went. so uh, the other half is Jason Statham being a badass oh yeah Oh, yeah, Drew. Badass? He, he's a badass. Oh, of course. Uh, so what do you want? <laughs> I'll kick your ass, mate. He's so good. He's so fun, and he's doing his old stoic, um, barely talking type thing. And His original transporter thing, where, it, he, where he's just standing there, oh, staring man. at you, and then your ass is whooped, and it, he walks away with it. Still wearing a suit. Yes, the clean, <laughs> clean suit. Looking oh. so good. Uh, drinking, uh, uh, what were those orange, those orange drinks? Those European? Orangina? Yeah. 
So, uh, yes, this is mostly gun battling okay. Jason Statham as opposed to karate Statham, but he does get to do a little... A He's little... getting old. I'm sure he's got a bad back. Absolutely. Give him a break. I do remember seeing Transporter for the first time, going into it with low expectations, oh, too. Yeah. <laughs> being like, this guy from Snatch is going to do an action movie. Get the fuck out of here. I was also, what, like 22, 23? Get the fuck out of here. Go see it at the Oviedo Mall, mm. that, at that theater. Yeah. And... Um, just being blown away by this guy doing all this karate and shit. I was like, what? Is, did this guy just learn karate for this movie? Did he pull Keanu Reeves and learn karate for this movie? Did he always know it? I actually wonder. Did he already know martial arts at that point? Because mm-hmm. uh, he looked great. Yeah. He looks great doing it. Well, yeah, and the bicycle cleat scene. I mean, it's... that That's what like <laughs> that's what ultimately sold me. When that scene happened, I'm like, this. I was like, this, <laughs> this movie! I was like, hands to, the roof, yeah. hands to the roof. Praise Jesus for this movie. It's so good. Yeah. And it was a... Oh, who directed that? That's a Louis Leterrier yeah. movie who uh, used that clout to get in on The Incredible Hulk. That was like three years later. I think that was his subsequent film. And then Luc Besson produced the whole thing. He gave the sequel to uh, Olivier Megaton. So, but if you're an American, you see his screen uh, directed by Oliver Megaton. Megaton. <laughs> like, is it, did a professional wrestler make this movie? <coughs> I think he made two and three. Diminishing returns on those two, right? right? And mm-hmm. then, and then there was that fourth one. And then there was a reboot. Right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The reboot one is the fourth one, right? And then I they even remember. did a TV series. Did they? Like, tr- they tried Ugh. to. Oh boy, crazy! What what spawns a, a franchise and what doesn't? Yeah. Right? Mm. Well, I mean, talk about Jason Statham, Crank, and Crank 2, what? Surprised they didn't find a way to do Crank 3, right? <sighs> Goddamn uh, Neville Dean Taylor, those psychopaths. Oh, no, they, they they didn't do 3 because somebody made Hardcore Henry, and that did not do well. That's true. That's basically Crank 3. That's true. <laughs> and I would put Hardcore Henry over those two movies, too. Only because, yeah. Only because that has 100% less rape. <laughs> <laughs> true. How about that? Um, Boy, so I'm... I'm it's me. I have the wrath. I'm a man, and there's a wrath. I have a wrath in me. I'm the wrath of man. Is that what you want? Because you're gonna get it. You want something else? Go go somewhere else. You know. Um, I think if you go into this movie knowing what to expect, you're, you're gonna enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's this guy? I don't know how to see his last name. Colt McCallany. McCallany. You give it a try. Look, this guy. He's the dude from Mine Hunters. Who? Um, he's the older guy who uh, is oh, be- yeah. being partnered with the younger uh, fellow. Uh- Holt McCallany. Holt. Holt McCallany. McCallany. McCallany? McCallany. He uh, is like the second lead, essentially, in this movie. He's great. And, uh, yeah, I actually really enjoyed the whole cast. And also, it's this, is this Gummer? Something Gummer? What's this lady's name who plays, uh, like, Kara, I think her name was. Kara Dunn is the character's name. It's like the only one of the only ladies in the movie with any dialogue, to be fair. Not a very... Um, this movie, I don't think this movie passes the Bechdel test. There's only one female on the cast. It says Diana, but and her name is is this is this the lady? Yes, I can't pronounce that. Niam. Oh, she's the lady. I I've been struggling to place her face. That's the lady from uh, our show, Raised by Wolves. Mm. That's the uh, the one who who uh, took t- took her face and pretended to be the mom, and now she's with the uh, now she's oh, with yeah. the kids. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're right. That is her. The whole movie, I was like, man, it's killing me, uh, this lady's face. I actually was wondering if it was, um, what's her name? Meryl Meryl Streep's daughter, who was in Mr. Robot. No, you're right. And just looking at it now, it felt like Oh, God. Wow, you're right. Kind of looks like the Mr. Robot lady, right? No, that's Meryl Streep's daughter. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, wow. <laughs> you're you're right. It is, isn't it? Yeah, is that crazy? Didn't even... Okay. Hollywood. <laughs> Hollywood's a crazy, incestuous place, baby. Wrath of Man. Oh, listen. I'm in L.A. I'm an L.A. crime lord, and I'm going to fucking find the person who wronged me. Okay. That's essentially the movie. I loved it. Uh, I, I said this, but I'll say it again. I'll emphasize this because not enough movies do this. It is a very good, like, Los Angeles movie. I really liked how it... Mm-hmm. You know where you're at. They really use the awesome skyline. A lot of cool drone shots at night uh, showing off uh, how cool it looks. They gotta If you're in that city, you got to use it, man. Yeah. If I was going to make a movie here in Orlando, there would be so many shots of like the eight eight buildings that comprise downtown <laughs> and like different ways and different angles. Like, look at this city. It's like you can walk around it in 20 seconds. Yeah. And it sucks. <laughs> no. But it's it's my city, mate. And I'm Jason Statham. I'm from Orlando. I can't wait for you to make two. He's like, I'm going to fight another giant shark. <laughs> I'm going to stab this one in its other eye. Cool. Uh, so it's a, it's fine. It's a fine movie. I'm like, I, I got the Regal app. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At this point, while we're waiting for movies to come out, I'm just like, I need movies to go see so I can use this fucking app. Uh, I may go see. They put Raya and the Last Dragon. They oh, added okay. 500 screens this past weekend, and it had a nice little like two million dollar bump. Yeah. Uh, it's over here at Regal, so I may go see that. There you go, which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. And then in a couple weeks, we have uh, a Quiet Place dose mm-hmm. right at the end of the month. Actually, nice. maybe in two weeks. Oh, and then what's coming out? There's something else coming out this week. I saw a trailer for it, and then we put up the date like May 14th. I was like, oh, that's next week. <laughs> um. Oh, I can't recall. There's The movies are starting to come out. And you know what's not coming out? The people. The theaters I have been in so far have all been almost... Pretty empty. This one has had maybe... This screen had like maybe 10, 12 people in it. Maybe 15 people. But in a big auditorium. Yeah. I felt, you know, people will start coming out. I think A Quiet Place Part 2 will be a real interesting indicator of... Uh, whether people are willing to come out vaccinated or not, you know? Yeah. I figured there'd be enough vaccinated people... I mean, I get I get vaxxed in a week. Your, your second dose, yeah. you get that. You get the two dose. Yeah. Uh, and I got a couple of weeks to wait, and then you'll be good to go, yeah. baby. So that's uh, three weeks. Yeah, beginning of June. Heck yeah, man! In time for the Green Knight. Oh yeah, that's end of July. Yeah, plenty of time. By end of July, you're, you're going to be swimming in antibodies. Um, so Rathaman, that's it's okay. Gross. Oh yeah, <laughs> you have the antibodies all over your face. So the uh, my media diet was pretty weak this week, guys. I gotta say, it's you know, like I said, it's been a lot of shit's been going on, but it's been fine. It's been mostly me trying to squeeze in like YouTube videos between uh, crises and sleep, mm-hmm. work, work, crises, sleep, uh, YouTube video, watching some fun ones of like um, uh, uh, old theme park rides that have shut down. Ooh. Also, like theme parks here in town or in California that were in development and never happened. Uh, Disney and Michael Eisner, early late 90s, early 2000s, Disney almost developed a whole volcano-themed section of um, where 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea used to be in Magic Kingdom. They wanted to make a whole... It was either going to be a volcano theme park uh, or a... like. Instead of the Magic Kingdom, it was going to be the Dark Kingdom, and it was all the villains and stuff. That would have been fun. Yes, <laughs> and like the, the the castle would have been, I think, Maleficent's castle, and uh, there was going to be a ride that was based on Fantasia, I Night mean, on Bald Mountain. That place would have blown up on Halloween. Yes, yeah, so it would have been perfect for Mickey's not-so-scary Halloween. It still was slightly scary, because I think that's part of the reason why it ultimately never happened, because they even wanted to do a Night on Bald Mountain ride with the, that big demon char, Charborg, whatever mm-hmm. his name is, like, 
Like there's gonna be a giant ass that thing on a on a flume ride. Like I just want to get Sounds wet. Great. It's hot, and then you're gonna like throw a demon at my face, a giant demon. Fuck yeah, let's eat some mushrooms it, and right. It sounds go hang out with a demon. It sounds amazing. It sounds kind of very un Disney. No, in a, in, a, in a wild way, and they almost went that route, uh, but they, they didn't. Should've. I've been watching cool stuff like that, and like I saw one watch one video. It's like the history of the Jaws ride, and uh, it's, it's it's fun. It's either good for like nostalgia if it's things that you've experienced, or it's still some good like informational stuff. The videos are they do have the annoying similarity of just being like a nerd talking really fast uh, over footage, and uh, the volume being like all wonky and stuff on mm-hmm. each video because they're a bunch of a bunch of amateurs. Yeah. Anyway, but I did watch a movie, Drew. Watch a new, newish movie. A new movie to me. It made it to the Crespo Hundo. Mm-hmm. And uh, that would be Greenland. Why? Because I wanted to see it. <laughs> <laughs> because it's Gerard Butler. Yeah. It's uh, a comet coming to destroy Earth. Mm-hmm. And uh, what else do you need? Did you need more? I mean, I would like something watchable. Mm. Spoiler alert, so would have I. <laughs> it would have been cool. It's it's fine. I'll, what it is. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what the problem is. A, it's two hours long. Should, oh. should have been an hour 40. It's got to be. A, yeah. I'm try to keep it as close to 90 as you can, yeah, guys. For, for what they're doing, hour 40. Number two, uh, if you're going to be at two hours, needs more destruction. Not enough destruction happens in the movie. A huge chunk of it is just... Characters traveling, trying to get to a point. A lot of it's like we have to, we have to get to the bunker. So it's Gerard Butler, mm-hmm. not not hiding a Scottish accent, just plain Scottish in America. Not brought up at yeah. all. I'm fine with that. Uh, I like making fun of when he plays Michael Banning. I'm an American yeah. Michael Banning. <laughs> uh, but if he's gonna go Scottish, it's fine. And but he's like, we have to get to the, we have to get to the bunker. We have to get to the base, and then they get there, but shit goes bad. Like now we have to get to Knoxville, and they're trying to get there. Mm-hmm. Like now we've got to get to Greenland, and I was like, oh, that's there. Why they call yep. it Greenland? And I uh-huh. shut the movie off. I have no idea. How it uh, ends? No, that's not yeah. true. Um, Holt or Colt? Holt? Holt? McCool? McCallany. In this movie as well. When he popped up, I was like, whoa! <laughs> twice in one day, baby. Two Holts yeah. for the price of one. Um. When he pops up in a movie, I'm actually uh, happy now. I'm like, oh, this, this guy, this guy is awesome. I like this guy, and it's dumb. It's a dumb disaster movie that, uh, for sure, there are parts of it that just made me wish like Roland Emmerich has done this already so much better. Yeah. Um, Gerard Butler's fine. He's watchable. His skin looks terrible. I think I think he's drinking too much or okay. something. I don't know what's <laughs> going. I don't know what's going on with him, but maybe he has liver damage. Right? I, he's got something going on. This poor guy. His wife is the uh, what's her name? Deadpool, Deadpool lady. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Nice to see her get some work. Yeah. Whatever her name is, she's fine. She's mm-hmm. good in this. And does anyone else pop up in the movie? And I was like, oh shit, is this person? Not really. I don't think so. Oh yeah, actually. So there is this whole like a good forty-five minutes of this movie. So I'm like, we got to get to my dad's place. It's the mom saying we got to get to my dad's place in Knoxville. Uh, regroup there. They all meet there. And then at one point in the movie, I was like, they keep mentioning the dad. Who's the dad going to be? Is it going to be Nick Nolte? Is it going to be like what old white yeah. man is going to cameo in this thing? And then finally we get there. Spoiler alert. It's Scott Glenn. No. And I was like, all right. Good choice. <laughs> this works. This totally works. I like Scott Glenn. Um, the movie does look really good. Anamorphic widescreen looks great, and uh, and most of the effects of like the destruction that does happen does mm-hmm. look good. And I do remember this from the trailer, and it's still funny to watch it in the movie. The first comet fragment that breaks off and doesn't burn up and hits Earth, 
uh, hits uh, Central Florida. Yes. And uh, first they show like uh, like a satellite view of a, a huge smoke coming from the middle of Florida. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the movie, they show like the retransformed Earth from all the impacts and everything. And it's like Florida has a huge like like Lake Okeechobee just got hundreds of miles wider like mm-hmm. there's just a huge hole in the middle of florida which is super funny cool. and also california so takes significant damage so this is like right-wing fantasy shit like oh yeah we can kill all the liberals and just uh, the conservatives can ride it out into into bunkers and let me or some guess shit. this i mean what company wants to kill disney uh this was was what was this universal blowing up central florida maybe it was warner warner brothers yeah. <laughs> would have been warner brothers maybe um it's directed by this guy. I don't know how to say his name. Rick Roman, like Wall, Wow, W A U G H. Wow, um, he directed that f- Rocky, the Rock movie. Dwayne Johnson, Rocky Maivia. Remember Rocky Maivia? Nope. That was his first name before he was Rocky Johnson, and then okay. he was The Rock, then Dwayne The Rock Johnson, now Dwayne Johnson. Um, that movie faster. Where yes. he's going out for revenge. Uh-huh. And- yeah, the Rock's an unstoppable force just murdering the fuck out of people. Yeah, yeah. And like he's really good in it. Yeah. And, and the movie's fine. It's like it's, yeah, it's, a, serv- yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a serviceable movie it's, for what it does. It's just, it, it's one of those weird movies that The Rock's in that like doesn't really like fit the rest of his career. Like he's usually pretty family friendly and yes. this movie is not. Well, it was, <laughs> it was like part of his stepping stone going from yeah. like uh, family movies and walking tall to like Fast and Furious and other stuff. It was like right in the middle there. Oh. Like, it was him trying to prove like... I can I can lead. I can carry yeah. a movie. I can kill a preacher. I can kill a preacher. On, <laughs> I can kill a preacher on a beach at, at, <laughs> on, on the end. Same director. Yeah. Same guy. He has a couple movies that are they all seem like they're serviceable for what they are, and they have good things about them, but also maybe they're kind of stupid as yeah. well. Greenland. It's like it's it's fine. I, if you put it on, I don't think you would like hate yourself for it. <laughs> nah, I don't think you know me very well, Chris. Oh, that's true. <laughs> That's that's default mode. <laughs> maybe, what, what I'm saying is maybe it'll distract you from your hate long okay. enough to be like it'll redivert your hate. To like, <laughs> this is stupid, but then you keep watching it though. <laughs> I don't really do that just to see what happens because you want to see Gerard Butler. You know what's no, weird about no, this I movie? Don't. I was fully expecting the reveal of him to be like, because um, uh, it takes a while to say who what his job is or whatever. I was fully expecting the he's um, a government agent asset of some sort, maybe former mercenary like a secret badass that whole thing because he's Gerard Butler he's always Mm -hmm. playing these type of roles he's just like a a dude no he's like a structural engineer (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's like very specifically like I I build buildings weird but then he also has to like do some hand to hand stuff so you're expecting him to be like uh, a Michael Banning but he doesn't Mm -hmm. so maybe he can act oh my god look at that (laughs) holy shit so Greenland, it's fine. It, it, it gets a meh. <laughs> What's that? No, right. I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna put it on the fine scale from one to three eyes. I'll put it at two eyes. The rarely used two eyes. You know, it, it fits right in there. Um, Wrath of Man actually would also be on the fine scale at one eye. Okay. Yeah, so we got a fine. We got a fine. <laughs> I think that works. Okay. All right. So what about you, Drew? What did you watch this week? Uh, I watched uh, the Netflix original anime Yasuke. Executive produced by Lakeith Stanfield, Flying Lotus, and Deshaun Jackson. There we go. Uh, yes. How do you spell that? Y-A-S-U-K-E. Yasuke. Yasuke. 
So tell me about yesterday. Uh, it's uh, six episodes, half hour each. Uh, Black Samurai during the uh, Daimo periods. Also mixed in, with that that's the past. And mm-hmm. then you have like this weird, magical, monster, psychic power, easy bullshit that's going on in the present. Sounds wild. Yeah, well, it's an anime, so. Uh, how many episodes? Six. Half hour each. Is it limited, or do you, do you know if I have, they expected to come back? In the I mean, it, th- there's there's room for more story yeah. if it's if there's if it's wanted. If not, then I mean, this is a nice closed loop. What, so, kind, what kind of stories are there? Adventure stories? Uh, adventure story? Uh, it's or? an it's an adventure story uh, mixed with, uh, I guess, retribution. Because he think because mm-hmm. you know Yasuke he's going through some personal things mm-hmm. that resolve like, at the end like us all exactly, but at the same time you know there's like I said all this weird monster shit and psychic powers and um, anime style like straight up anime yes does, and does no. it feel stylized in a different uh, way I mean it's it's it feels more like uh, the Boondocks yes yes and yes. stuff like that sure yeah 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 that's that's very specific I get yeah. that I get that reference point where it's you know it it does. Look and feel like an anime, but not really. But influ- influenced by, heavily influenced by, well, but not made, exactly. It's, it's made by the same people. Str- so strong Desha- Deshaun Jackson, the guy who made the Boondocks. That makes sense. So strong uh, action lines, that type of thing. Yeah. But still, kind of westerny. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Uh, so thumbs up. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, music's done by Flying Lotus. And what thirty minute ups? Yep. Okay. Well, shit. So, so, so it's only three hours of your life. Yeah, it, that's the whole thing. That sounds very doable. Yeah. Shit. It's totally worth watching. Shit. It's a lot of fun. It's on the list. Yeah, I mean, three hours of Lakeith Stanfield being uh, samurai, Black Samurai. Is it identifiably Stanfield? Do you, yeah. Can you feel his presence in the role, or is he just doing voice work? I mean, you can feel Yeah, Yeah, definitely. It feels like yeah. him. It feels like a Stanfield character, because uh-huh. yeah. he's so specific uh, often. When you see him visually, I wonder if no. that comes across, if they uh, allowed him to I mean, do yes any Im- no. improvising at all, or is he sticking to a script? I have know? no idea. Right, exactly. That's, that's well. kind of hard. Voice voice acting's weird. Voice acting's weird. That's good. It's good. But it's good. Okay. I enjoyed well, it. Well, shit. All right. Thumbs up. I'm a well, thumbs up. I'll put that right there for my. And then uh, also on Netflix, I watched Synchronic. Yes. Okay. Tell me, Drew. Is this worth my time? Uh, it's fine. Come on. Come on. Sell sell to me, buddy. I mean, come on, so sell me on the, Synchronic. The, the, I mate. mean, uh, Anthony Mackie's fine, and he's the one we ba- we're the Anthony Mackie part where he's got. This weird brain disease, which means his pineal gland hasn't calcified, which means he can take Synchronic, which is a fucking time-traveling drug. <laughs> okay, I'm sold so far, Drew. This is working for me. That part of this... That, that is one half of uh, this movie. And who's the, the other Who's the, the other guy? The, 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 the other half of this movie is a personal family drama with Jamie Dornan that I do not give two fucking shits about. Jamie Dornan, who most people would know as Christian Grey from the Fifty Shades of Grey movies. Um, I don't think I've... Have I seen him in anything outside of Fifty Shades of Grey? I don't think so. What, what do you think of this guy? He's... Bland white guy number forty three. You're, you're not getting anything from him. No, nothing whatsoever. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't enjoy that part of the story. The, like I said, the the savior part was Anthony Mackie and the weird sci fi shit. It's a time traveling drug. Anthony Mackie is awesome. Uh, does the movie look cheap? How does it look? No, it looks good. It's it's definitely very dark. A uh, little little depressing. Sure. Uh, they try to it's got some. There's some possessor vibes. Uh, in a good way? 
Yeah, uh, kind of. I mean, it's just they they because Anthony Mackie's having like radiation therapy, so there's lots of shots of that radiation mask that they make people wear. I see what you're shit, saying. Which I see what you're saying. Weird looking. That is very Cronenberg-y. Yeah. Great big crazy light mask. Uh, what light lights on or something? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, it's like people really raved about these guys' other movies. What are their names? Morehouse and, and something. Something. These two yeah, guys. Mo- Morehead Benson, I think. That sounds great. Aren't those? No, Benson and Hedges. Is that who they are? <laughs> and they like their movies. And the Endless, and which like, that's the one that I watched. And they did another one. And they're both ten in a way about cults in different ways. Um, and people really raved about them. And the only one I saw was Endless, and it was fine. But it's like. It's going Lovecraft, and Lovecraft is hard. Mm. Um, this one, it sounds like they're also going similarly high concept. Oh yeah, and, way high concept, and, and that's why I'm asking. Does it look execution? Che- that's why I'm asking. Does it look cheap in a way? No, I it mean, seems like the, they keep going for bigger than the the, C- the 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 CG and how they decided to do it. Like it all works. It doesn't look weird or cheesy. It's kind of a little annihilationy. I'm, fine. I'm totally fine with that. So, but when they get to the Jamie Dornan family drama stuff, you're, it's like, fucking you're like, well, and unfortunately, that's kind of like the thread that ties the movie together. That's what, that's that what the movie is quote about. Yes and no. But you want it to be about the gimmick. The, yeah, the time the, the, travel the, drug the, thing. The, the time travel drug was way more fun than anything else. Like that's when I started caring about this kind of weirdly dark movie. Um, how long is it? Uh, hour forty, I think. That's not a bad. That's not a bad runtime. Uh, I mean, ha- the the majority of the movie takes place at night, so it's, it is dark. And if there is light, it's fucking sodium bulbs. Liter- so everything's yellow. It's a literally dark movie. Yeah, it's another indicator of a low budge. Um, I think it's cheaper to shoot at night. Is it cheaper to shoot at night? Well, if, unless you light your scenes up, then it gets more expensive. Like, oh, we're gonna shoot at night, but I need this scene to look like daytime. That's bad planning. Bad. Just shoot it, shoot during the day. What's wrong with you guys? So, um. Yasuke was a thumbs up like uh, watch this this it, movie it, it was fine just just oh fine if, scale one eye fine one eye fine so I mean, it's if, like Wrath if, of Man fine it's you, the synchronic Wrath of Man if you like if you like sci-fi movies if you like Anthony Mackie like, I like there, sci-fi there, I like Anthony Mackie there are reasons to watch the movie it's just it definitely could have been better ah oh, man that's always annoying right mm-hmm. when, you, when you're like ambivalent towards the movie those yeah. are the hardest reviews to give mm-hmm. I've always found as a film critic yeah. where you watch a movie and you're like I get what they're going for they achieve it partially I mean it's definitely a Netflix movie it's a Netflix movie yes <laughs> it's like I know why it's went to Netflix you know yeah. or why they why they bought it why it's part of their like 80 movies a year initiative because yeah. it's like let's just throw shit out there and see what sticks like it fits it's it's lame. I mean, so yeah. it's it's hard to rave about it or to shit on it because oh. it's just doing its thing and it's whatever. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's most movies. That's like eighty percent of movies. I did like the idea of a time traveling drug. That sounds fun. Yeah. Maybe I'll still give it a watch. Just mostly because these guys are like were hired as directors, co-directors for um, Moon Knight. Yeah. So see what they bring to. It's a whole Moon Knight well, thing. High concept. With a high budget, sometimes you can achieve high concept. Yeah, yeah. Better, so. A better budget. And then also, they are not the showrunners. Someone else is a showrunner. Uh, and there's another director that they're working with. So uh, maybe, that'll, maybe that'll help these uh, these poor white guys finally get their break. Um, that's what they need. <laughs> okay, anything else? <laughs> no, that was it. That's it. That's it, guys. Uh, guys, that's it for the media diets. It's it's a light media diet this week, but that's the way it goes sometimes. Um, we're gonna take a break. 
We have Billy Dee's Death in the Movies, episode 66, where he's going to talk about the movie Fried Berry, which uh, I've seen some people tweeting about online. Okay. It seems to be quite popular. Obviously, it's a horror film of yeah. some sort, guys. So here's Billy Dee, our New York City senior correspondent, film horror aficionado, uh, and fully a part of our show. We love him. We appreciate him. Then we're going to be back with the second half. We got a couple emails, have a whole bunch of news stories, and then that should hopefully take us to the 90 minute mark. We'll be right back. Watch a few movies, take a few notes. Billy D's Death at the Movies. What's up, my dudes? I hope you are all obviously recovering from watching Fried Berry, because that is what everyone did, and no one saw any other films this week. Even Joe Bob gave Barry some love by showing the film and having director Ryan Kruger on the last drive-in on Friday to talk about the experience of making one of the most aggressively weird films I've seen in years. Kruger's definitely someone to watch, especially since he's a genuinely nice dude who sends people cute videos when they say nice things about his films. Thanks, Ryan. I caught Fried Berry last year at Fantasia, and it instantly became one of my favorite things about the foul year of 2020. And I haven't stopped talking about it since letting everyone know that they have to see this gem when it comes out, but that they are absolutely not ready for it. While rewatching it this week, I revisited my notes from Fantasia, and there's nothing I would change, except that I found the experience to be all the more pleasurable the second and third time around. If I had to describe it in a sentence, I'd say, what if John Waters directed Under the Skin? But after this year following Kruger on social media and seeing more of his sensibilities, I found this to be the work of an artist who's putting everything on screen at once and hoping you can handle it. And I was pleased to find that Barry's mostly improv based on scenarios outlined by Kruger shortly before shooting. Let's talk about Gary Green. I cannot look away from him. His bug-eyed stare and grit teeth are burned into my brain which I'm sure is only a side effect of all the strobes and neon and not due in any part to dark magic. Seriously though, what a fearless performance. Green just goes for it in every scene. He's also been playing Barry in some capacity since like 2017 when production began on the short film that this is expanded from. He's an accomplished long distance runner and actor from South Africa, which makes his performance as Junkie Barry even more astounding. Not every performance is at the bar set by green but it doesn't matter since characters come in and out of this story in the blink of an eye so much happens in fried berry it's quite a head trip but ultimately a funny and rewarding experience this was made for midnight movie screenings with a raucous audience one of the many theatrical experiences i feel cheated on and missed out from last year but I'm happy that Shudder picked up Ryan Kruger's seedy, delightful, and bizarre odyssey through Cave Town. And as I've said on Twitter, do drugs, watch fried berry, berry is love. Stay cool, Billy D. And we are back, baby! Thank you, Billy D, for your Billy D's death at the movies. And thank you, Drusa Cogburn, for not leaving during the break. Mm-hmm. Always appreciate that. Whenever, yeah. whenever you come back, I'm like, thank you, sir. <laughs> thank you. Uh-huh. It's very kind of you. Send him a crest buddy, so at gmail.com. Email us and tell us how much you like Drew. You can follow us on TikTok at Cinema Crespity So, Instagram, Cinema Crespity So, Twitter at Crespity So, Facebook, delete your Facebook account, but if you're not going to do it, Cinema Crispy, so join the group. Drusa Cogburn, we got some emails, buddy. We do. Uh, let's read some emails from the people. What did we got? 
Got an email from Carmella. What's up, Carmella? Dear Drew and Chris, do you have anything you really hate? Pause for responses. We're pausing now already? For responses. Oh my goodness, that didn't work. Anything you really hate? Anything? I hate all these motherfucking centuries <laughs> of racism. That's a Mark Rebier song. I mean, I hate myself. I hate people in general. There are for sure at times when I hate um, myself. Uh, and and my hatred of I people hate, does happen. The- but I also love people too. So I feel like it bounces out to a general meh feeling. I mean, the war on drugs is pretty shitty. War on drugs is shitty. I hate um, uh, comment sections on the internet. Ooh. Yeah. yeah, for everything. Mm-hmm. I hate all comment sections. Uh, I hate... I hate the majority of romantic comedies. Yeah, you know, the bullshitness of romantic comedies, the, the what they're selling, no, I, both I, I in did, terms of beauty the, standards and life expectations. Because sometimes there are Absolutely. gems here and there. Sure, but I mean, that's... Uh, that's the exceptions to the rule. I also hate when people misuse expressions like exceptions <laughs> to the rule, like I believe I just did there, because I, apparently we all use that wrong, I think. Okay. Um, you know, I hate uh, when people uh, have like this thing about uh, uh, if you're a guy but a feminist, you're doing that because like you're just trying to get laid mm-hmm. or something. Like you can't actually be, you can't actually want equal rights for someone just because you care about people. No, you're trying to get something out of it. You know, you're only being nice to people because at the end you want something in return. Mm-hmm. I hate that mentality because it's like people who think that are usually the ones who do that. You know what I mean? Like people, okay. people who accuse you of being like, "Oh, virtue signaling." It's he who's not dealt it. Exactly. It's 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 classic yeah. projection. I hate that stuff. I also hate uh, podcasts and podcast listeners. I mean, that goes double for me. But that's a really uh, uh, an offshoot of my disdain for talk radio listeners. Tr- truth be told, it's just the bottom of the barrel. People are like, oh, "Let me take all this free shit," and then. Uh, that's it. Just take, 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 take. The Takers. Also, I hate the movie Takers. All right. Hayden Christensen, Peter <laughs> Selva. Remember that one? Yeah, it was awful. Hayden Christensen and Paul Walker. You can have that much white mediocrity <laughs> in one movie. That's not fair. That's not fair. Was Matthew Modine busy? Well, I do. <laughs> <laughs> its name is Chad, and it's a new comedy about a nerdy teenage boy on TBS trying really hard to be a Seth Rogen slash Judd Apatow style teenage comedy. <clears throat> I've never actually seen it. It could be the greatest show of all time, but TBS is my default TV channel when the TV is on, but I'm not really watching it, so I've seen at least four or five promos slash trailers. I hate it so much that it actually grabs my attention when the commercials for it come on. Many, many times. And every joke is simply the worst. Like, really the worst. Just painful. It looks like an SNL parody of a teenage comedy, and they are clearly channeling Pat from SNL, like, and Urkel, for the character inspiration. I wonder if it's intentionally bad or maybe I'm missing the point. <laughs> Apparently, I'm not alone. Chad has a 77% on Rotten Tomatoes, but that is the critics' average audience score is 12%. Whoa, that is shitty. <laughs> <laughs> Yesterday on Conan, I found out the kid is played by a woman that somehow made me hate it even more. Here is a 90-second trailer if you would like to see Chad and pass judgment on me. There's a YouTube link there. Uh, so my question is, have you ever seen a trailer for TV or movies that evoked such an intense sense of hatred? You guys see a lot of the same trailers over and over before movies, so I imagine you have. I mean, at any certain point in time, even the good trailers, like, 
I can remember like seeing a trailer, and be like, "Oh, this trailer is awesome." Yes. And three weeks later, okay, this trailer's here. And six weeks later, Chris, if I see this trailer one more fucking time, yes, yes. Uh, most recent example I can think of uh, a year and a half ago when they showed the very first trailer, when I saw for the first time for A Quiet Place Part 2, I was like, wow, this looks really... Wow, they amped it up. This looks good. This looks interesting. Now that I've seen the exact same trailer (laughs) three dozen times, four dozen times uh, since then, uh, oh, my God, please kill me now. (laughs) Can can, can one of these monsters now eat me? (laughs) Oh, this movie... Is this movie not going to be bad? I, I can't wait for this movie to come out so the trailers are gone. That happens so often where I'm just like, oh, thank God, that movie comes out next week. Yeah. This is the last time we see this fucking trailer. Uh-huh. <coughs> that, that, yeah, it's crazy how that happens. Yeah. Um, but, like, immediate... Um, anything that was I mean, such an immediate it, response, though... I mean, a lot of, like... It's rare for me. I mean, I can think of stuff. I mean, like... Whenever the next Vin Diesel movie comes out after he does a Fast and Furious, the last movie. last witch hunter, exactly, <laughs> exactly, stuff like that. I'm like, I'm always like, oh, oh this man. is gonna be so bad. And but in the same token, like as soon as it hits streaming, like I'm watching that yeah, shit. Yeah, sure. It's like, what, what does this goddamn nerd have up his sleeve? This yeah. guy. Oh man. I want. But at the same time, it's like, oh, that's true. That's very true. Because the movie's gonna be bad. I am getting kind of sick of the Fast Nine trailers. I need that movie to come out ASAP so I can stop seeing these fucking trailers. Uh, All I saw. That movie I saw. Wild. I saw a picture of a rocket car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <sighs> I hope I hope they touch space with, with at least they touch space with that rocket car. It looks like they're teasing it for sure. So weird. Um, they, they look like they're dressed up like they're trying to do that uh that balloon jump where you take the mm-hmm. balloon to the edge of the atmosphere yeah, yeah. and then jump out there. They're like wrapping up their shit in duct tape. It looks crazy. It looks really. It looks like a comedy. It's like how can this not be how <laughs> a parody you, of itself? Yeah. How can you watch this movie and not think it's all a comedy? It's purposefully funny. Uh, just go with it, guys. They're, they're, these movies are a good time. I'm looking forward to it. Later, dudes. Thanks for all the free entertainment, especially when you upload in time for me to listen to when I'm preparing Sunday dinner. And fuck Chad. Seriously, fuck Chad. <laughs> fuck Chad. P.S. The reviews on IMDb are pretty funny, and I didn't write any of them. And then there's a link to, on To check out the reviews. Well. I yeah. do enjoy fun, looking at bad reviews of stuff. Um, I've seen like a little bit about, about Chad. I've never bothered watching it. It doesn't really seem like my thing. Uh, although his comparisons to Urkel and Pat and all that seem very apt. For sure, for whatever whatever Chad is, uh, man, Carmella, Carmella, bro, chill, bro. Just <laughs> apparently, Chad is bad. Just relax, bro. Microdose some mushrooms or something, <laughs> whatever you're into, and like, usa, relax. You know, Carmella says I've saw, I've seen him post this online that he's not a big fan of the Fast and Furious movies. Doesn't really understand our uh, our love for them. I mean, I just, borderline love. I mean, for me, I just think it's. The most ridiculous thing ever. The, yeah, yeah. It, it's f- from where it started to where it is now. Like, oh. a, I can't believe that, yeah, especially um, that arc, that's that true. the rest of America decided on this. Not really me. Yeah, like I, I'm just along for the ride on this one. That's true. Uh, but they, they they just keep getting bigger and still. And now for me, like it's just it is. It's almost like a Transformers movie. But yeah, s- but somehow it's 
better. They're better than Transformers <laughs> movies. They're, they're better. Uh, but it is it is there is no reality in this shit. Like it is just yeah. weird, crazy. Spe- I just want to know what's gonna happen with the car next. That's a, like they're jumping. Last one they jump between giant buildings in they, they show somewhere it, in the Middle East. They show and talk about it in the trailers yeah, this time. But so. I'm sure they're still hiding something. There's probably one or two things that they're hiding. But yeah, yeah they look. If there's for sure escalation. Yeah. And there's two more movies after this one. I mean, in Hobbs and Shaw, The Rock literally held a helicopter by a chair. Yeah, that was so crazy. <laughs> that was so crazy. But neither Hobbs nor Shaw are in this movie. The Shaw yeah. mama is in this movie. Helen Mirren gets to drive a car. But uh, Jason Statham's like, no, I'm not. I'm in L.A., mate. I'm delivering some wrath in Los Angeles. Yeah. I'll be back for the next one. And, and, and The Rock's got some jungle cruises to go the on. The Rock is like, I gotta go on a jungle cruise. <laughs> With Emily Blunt. With and- Emily, she's a babe. <laughs> ah, he's got a blown out voice. Ah. Yeah. Um, he's got his Zoa energy drink that he's fucking pushing. <laughs> Rock, is it, is it tequila or is it energy drinks? Are we supposed to mix the two? Oh, now you're trying to kill people, Dwayne. Dwayne, you're trying to kill people. You can't be doing that. That's terrible. I'm going to give me some of this tequila, <laughs> some of this energy drink. My heart's going to explode. <laughs> yep. My heart is going to explode. And I'm going to sue Johnson. Actually, my estate will sue Johnson because I will be dead. I can't, I can't. With my family history, I can't yeah. take that. Um, Cremella, you're welcome. I hope. Uh, what are you making for dinner today? We got a fried mac and cheesy sandwiches. Uh, that I saw Elliot, meets, Elliot yeah. post that. Like, Everything about that looks delicious except for the blue cheese. I, I said the same thing. Yep. I'm not into blue cheese. That's yep. just me, though. I'm not a blue me cheese too. guy. Yeah, it's me like, too. damn, can I swap out with. I'll even take a, Nothing. Just uh, take it off. That's all I ask. It's already got cheese. It's mac and cheese. You're I mean, it's fried cheese? mac and cheese, so it's a little. It's not as gooey as so, you think it's going to be. So what's the blue cheese? We need something. Like, can I get a sour creme instead? Uh, perhaps a creme fraiche. If, I, you, if you want to be a it, elitist asshole. Can I be an elitist asshole and get a creme fraiche? <laughs> <laughs> no, all we got is a dollop of daisy. You motherfucker. How do you think I'm a dollop of daisy, bitch? How dare you? How dare you, mate? That was my... Uh, Sour Wrath of Man meets Sour Cream ad. Okay, we got an email from Ron. Working on it. <laughs> what up, Ron? You the man. If you can't do it, no one can. Clap them booty cheeks. Clap them booty cheeks. Go, Ron. Clap them. I'm sorry. That was just that's Ron's theme song. Well, I saw the Wrath of Man. Oh, I, you saw it too. Perfect. I did not see this as being an inspection of how the lack of veteran care in the U.S. has to tell the story of revenge heist, but here we are. The time jumps, I think, help it. I was sad to get the revelation of Black Friday. I like the use of humanity as a tool by the writer for every single character, except for the last guy. That guy is just trash. That good character, except... Oh, wait, no. That guy is just trash. That's good at killing. He paid... The four-part price. Again, being and living in L.A. and seeing empty streets during and traveling is so unreal and takes me out of the flick now. It was entertaining. I am sad about how Josh Hartnett got handled throughout the flick, but seeing on IMAX, I can see it being just as good at home. Now I am having discourse with a young queer black geek over Facebook over the idea of making Superman black. I didn't think that I am getting my point across. As y'all know, I have issues communicating, but getting accused of moving the goalpost, I would love to tell you my thoughts and get your feedback. Let's hear it. 
The tanning of Clark Kent is not needed. That's, there are he called uh, it the he called it the tanning of Clark Kent. All right, maybe that's a maybe that's a maybe, maybe just I just reading, don't know about that. I'm just reading. No, I appreciate it. I love that. <laughs> I actually love that. That's awesome. There are other DC based stories to use from Icon and Static from the '90s Black line of comic books to Black Lightning and Green Lantern. John Stewart. They hold more authenticity of a black voice than co-opting Kal-El due to the BLM action over the year. I am told, why not both? Why is changing a white person to a black person a bad thing? It's not at all, but it is tacky and uncouth. Mm. Much like getting a new actor for Black Panther or using a hologram. It, what does retelling the story of an orphan in Kansas do that's not already been done to the story before mm. the mentioned stories? Are we just creating the Black Red Sun story, but in Compton? Is that needed? Does that elevate black voices? Yes, the writer from Black Panther is penning this, in my opinion, quote-unquote money grab. Yes, representation will be made. Yes, white people will scramble to say that this ain't their Superman. But that is not why I am not enthusiastic about the project. It is the lack of originality and authenticity that causes me to disagree with this action. I know that person will never hear this, but I needed some like Drew who knows me inside and out to tell me what they think. I hope he can hear the earnestness and passion I'm trying to convey with the other thoughts out words. I guess Chris can connect too, since he is there. <laughs> Much love, Ron. That's right. That's right. I mean, actually, I, I agree with Ron on this one. I think so too. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, I mean, technically it would technically would be a different story is maybe a black kid growing up in Kansas. A black orphan in Kansas, especially with white parents. Yeah, that might be kind of an interesting... That, that, that could lead to some interesting tori- storytelling. It will play but, more into the, quote, alienness of the character in an unfamiliar... But as a whole, I think it's just... It feels like pandering to me. It, does, it, is, it, is, a, it is a bit of a pander. It's... <sighs> It's a type of thing that works in comic book form because you're already he referenced Red yeah. Sun. It's already a, it's, a, a it's, Russian communist Superman. You so can, why, why the fuck not? <laughs> you, can, you can what if whatever scenario yeah. want in comic book form because it's already something's been going around anyway. But when you're dedicating so much resources to a movie version, um, uh, it's like why don't why not just elevate a black character that already exists. That that uh, that is already popular in black communities. Um, why do we have to change an iconic character? Not even that necessarily. The it's not like the iconography of Superman is tied to his quote whiteness. Because no. a he's a he's a Jew. Yeah, he's a Jewish immigrant anyway. First of is, all, the, is the right. original allegory. Yeah, but that, that I mean he's a Kryptonian. But yeah. yes, the allegory <laughs> is he's a Jewish immigrant. It's 1930s yeah. America. They're being run out of Germany. That's the whole point. Um, so then there is the parallel of then, okay, well, then let's make it a black American or a black uh, black American be raised by a white family in America that also has its own, um, it's fraught with its own. Weirdness. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's social, yeah. whatever, in America. And you can tell that story, but it doesn't have to be Superman. Yeah. So that at that point, the uncouthness he references is, well, if Warner Brothers makes a static shock movie, it might make a hundred million dollars. I mean, well, if we make Black <clears throat> Superman three hundred, three fifty, four hundred, now we're making more money because we're cashing in on that S, yeah. right? And then the novelty of like 
It's a, it's a Jonathan Majors as Superman. I mean, they tried Black Superman. Shaq was Black Superman in Steel. <laughs> oh man, no, he was Steel. <laughs> he was Steel though. Yeah, he was Superman, but yeah. he was that Steel Superman. Yeah. Which even then, of the, four, of the four Supermen, he never even claimed to be like the reincarnation. No, he was. He was. He was just he, a guy inspired by. He 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 was the most authentic fake Superman. That's actually true. <laughs> That's actually true. Yeah, the clone. He had the Kryptonian. What was he? He was a like a failsafe thing. Yeah, that, that was being some bullshit. Some bullshit, and, and then and the the robot. Uh, the robot imposter. Yeah, which was, which was also Kryptonian. The the, the technology was Kryptonian, yeah. which is how he was able to pretend to be Superman, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he he ended up being John Henry Henry John. They flipped his name, something like that. He ended up being the most authentic of the uh, superheroes, which is very funny. Yeah. Um, man, that movie's bad. That's a bad, bad movie. Do you remember what? When was the last time you've seen it? No, I only saw it the once. The one time yeah. I, I I watched it five it or six awful. years ago. Ooh boy, I don't know what's worse, that or what's the other one? Shazam, no. Shazam or Kazam? Shazam. No, Kazam. Oh boy, here we go. Mandela effect. Yeah. Berenstain, Berenstain, Berenstain. <laughs> Is man? <laughs> did Mandela die in the seventies or the nineties? When did Mandela <laughs> die? I'm confused now. The original Mandela effect. Um, did I like the first Transformers movie, or did I always Sam Witwicky? Sam Witwicky, you will enjoy the Sam. That's rant. That's rant. Oh boy, this is NBE one. Oh, no. You mean Megatron? No, NBE one. <laughs> yeah, no, we're making shit up now. Um, did we have a question? Wait, what were we kicking around? Oh, actually, do you know what? That, that actually. There's uh, so this that kicks into our news story. I mean, so here's my the one, the one story I have is I mean, that they're looking wanna, for a black director for Superman. So if you want to do a, a black story, if you want to do a black Superman, I mean that's fine. All you got to do is just get a black Kryptonian on Earth. I'm sure comic book writers can do that. Yeah, they they have done it actually. There is a quote black Superman in the books already. Question: then Why is, are we are, using him? So that's a question. Is that, are they going to go that route? What are they doing? So it's ton of Hesse Coates. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Hope I am. Who, who's writing it? Who is writing? Who wrote Black Panther? Mm-hmm. Wrote on um, Luke Cage and uh, is now pen, uh, got hired for this. J.J. Abrams is producing. He tried to make Superman movie 15, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Didn't work out. Um, flirted with directing it, but then he was convinced not to because the optics of J.J. Abrams directing the Black Superman movie, like, we gotta, we gotta find <laughs> that stuff. So apparently the, the three, we have here the three directors that are rumored to be in the running that they're looking at. Um, and I like one more than the others, for sure. And actually, it's by process of elimination. Um, Barry Jenkins... Okay. All right. Who Moonlight? Uh-huh. We got and uh-huh. uh, Bill Shrieka talk, and he has the Ameri- uh, American. What's it called? Underground Railroad. Is yep. that what it's called? Underground Railroad. I mean, as long as they get someone else to direct the action scenes, okay. That's what I'm saying, right? Like, <laughs> and he maybe he has it in him, but we haven't seen haven't any seen evidence it. of it. It doesn't seem like if I want a soulful, beautiful, make me cry Superman. Yeah, sure, yeah, Barry yeah. Jenkins. But I want to. I want to. No, I mean, Superman still got to be Superman. I want Superman to punch something. <laughs> and I want it to be. Awesome. I want to be like, yes, that's awesome. Um, Stephen Capel Jr., who did The Land and then Creed 2. Okay. Um, who, uh, he's a young guy. He's like 32, 33 years old. He could bring the energy or whatever. But also, like, The Land and Creed 2, both of those movies, like, I like them. I, I didn't fall in love with either of them. I didn't think either of them are great. Neither of them are bad. But it's like, okay, it's all right. Um, and then the third filmmaker they're looking at has only made one movie so far, and it's just an adaptation of a play, Regina King. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I would actually, based on the fact that she hasn't shown me that she can't do it, I would say of those three, let me see Regina King Superman mm. because I feel like Stephen King, he's fine so far, but I don't know. He hasn't convinced me that he really has him to be a great director. Barry Jenkins is fucking a great, great storyteller, great filmmaker, but I don't know if he's right for a Superman. Movie. No. Regina King seems like, I mean, shit, she was in Watchmen, the TV show. You I know, mean, why like, don't we just, why not? Why don't we just wait until we have a more inspired story and set of people to work with that you know that's the thing like why not just make sure it's the right fucking package why don't push it because you have an agenda in terms of uh we need a superman movie to come out in x amount of years we need it to fit this schedule we wanted to make x amount of dollars and we wanted to maybe fuck around with this demographic right and then we want to uh you know that's just that's the most money sense thing just, why are you always trying to focus on a portion of society make movies for everyone that's just uh, that's just common sense so uh we'll see we'll see what's going on here meanwhile we got marshall ali with blade uh in development over at uh, at marvel they just need to crank these blade movies before he ages out <clears throat> makeup cg he doesn't look i mean how old is he he's gotta be 40 he can't Still. be that old i'm sure he'll be fine Hell, if, if you made a Blade movie now with Wesley Snipes, I'm like, yeah, sure. <laughs> Guy's like 60. Um, sticking with comic books, we're going over to Marvel. Marvel put out a bunch of info this week. A ton of info, as a matter of fact. Drew Cogburn. Um, first off, we have a few titles that have been revealed. Um, where are they? Looking, looking, looking. Black Panther 2 is called Black Panther colon... Wakanda forever. Okay. okay. I mean, duh. And that's going to be July 8th, 2022. So next summer, uh, almost a year from now, we'll be getting Black Panther colon Wakanda forever. So the king is dead. Long live the king. Who's the new king? Exactly. They're going to obviously have to address all that. Now, we've talked about this before briefly. There were reports that they're working on a Wakanda series for Disney+. Plus. So this could just be their foray. They're opening well, up to that show. Well, I mean, they... We already got a hint of it in Falcon and Winter Soldier. That's true. So That's true. Wakanda is uh, fucking established that, now a thing in the MCU. Yeah, and so is Madripoor now, which means maybe somebody <laughs> maybe oh, yeah. maybe we can get fucking uh maybe we can get some patch stories. Yes, when uh, the the what, mutants finally make their appearance in the uh, in the MCU. So Wolverine can hang out in Madripoor with an eye patch because That'd apparently be that hi- that had had hides his entire identity. That yeah. Just wearing an eye patch. It's like Superman with glasses. <laughs> he comes us here to the other side, wears glasses, like, hey Clark. Hey, yeah, well, hey, how you doing? Wolverine, you, you that, giant that, loser. That same iconic haircut, he just puts on an eye patch, nobody knows it's him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the haircut, the beard, he's smoking a cigar, yeah. <laughs> his knuckles are constantly bleeding. Uh-huh. He's a five foot three Canadian. It's like, no, I'm a Japanese. Man. <laughs> I'm a Japanese man, mate. Are you Jason Statham? Jason Statham. He rips off the wig. Yeah, it's me the whole time. It was me, Jason Statham. Um, Captain Marvel two has a new title and a release date, November eleventh, twenty twenty two. We will be getting the Marvels. Uh, okay, I don't know anything about that. All right, uh, uh, let me tell you, but he's still got a <laughs> Brie Larson obviously coming yeah. back as Captain Marvel. Uh-huh. 
um, from WandaVision, the lady who played uh, Monica Rambo, the daughter of her friend who's all grown up, yeah. and she got like she she pushed her way into the town and gave herself superpowers. Yep. She's going to be a, a Captain Marvel, and then before this movie comes out on Disney Plus, Ms. Marvel will okay. debut, which is uh, Kamala Khan. Yeah, uh, and all three of those will be in the Marvels. Okay, and that will be the most exciting thing is that movie is going to be directed by Nia DaCosta, who uh, we're still waiting for her Candyman movie to yeah. come out, which is fucking awesome. And she did a movie called Little Woods with uh, Tessa Thompson that I saw like two Florida film festivals ago, and it's a very good little. Um, the middle of America is a dark and depraved drama, you mm-hmm. know, drug money type yeah. of thing. Oh, yeah. It's good. It's really good. Um, here's your full list, Drew, of movies coming out over the next couple of years: Black Widow this July, and then, uh, thank you, Simu Liu, for putting out the pronou- correct pronunciation of not only his name but the name of Shang Chi. No, so it's not Shang Chi. No. Okay. <laughs> it's not that Ch- American A. Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Okay, cool. Thank you, Simu Liu. He did that on Asian Heritage Day. Put that out on Twitter. <laughs> so I'm gonna overpronounce these <laughs> words as long as I can. Um, that's in September. Actually, this schedule is packed, Drew. So, Shang-Chi is September. Eternals in November. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man No Way Home in December. Jesus Christ. Uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of... Excuse me, Sam Raimi's Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. So fucking bonkers. Isn't that crazy? That's in March. Um, Thor, Love and Thunder in May. That's gonna... I, I'm... I have a feeling that movie's going to be so hair metal. That, yeah. <laughs> oh, I hope so. That would be fun. Wow. Um, a couple months later, July, we'll have Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Ryan Coogler uh, coming back. The Marvels will be that November. And then the following year, 2023, we already have Ant-Man and the Wasp, colon, Quantumania. Ooh. <laughs> that's a fun title. That sounds like a lot of fun. That's a fun title. That's uh, February 2023. So that's a, it'll be a fun Valentine's Day movie for people. Actually, yeah, of course. Ant-Man and the Wasp, Valentine's Day. Yeah. Genius. Quantumania. And May 5th, 2023, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3. Uh, that's 18. No, that's what's that? That's 10 movies? How many movies is that? That's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. That's 11 movies come out over the next, like, 22 months. Yep. All Marvel. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of goddamn... They got a lot of fucking characters, dude. There's a lot of shit going on there. Uh... Meanwhile, speaking of WandaVision, Doctor Strange uh, was supposed to be in that show, but did get written out, and Kevin Feige revealed why recently. They even paid Benedict Cumberbatch for his involvement, so they ended up paying him for nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, But they felt like they wanted to be more of Wanda's story at the end. They didn't want her to be undermined by having someone else come in and like save the day exactly and then they didn't want the optics Kevin Feige was very upfront about it being how it's like a white guy shows up yeah. like a white cis man shows up and saves the woman from her uh, cyborg relationship mm-hmm. fetization or whatever and uh, and then of course some media outlets picked up on that like Kevin Feige says doesn't want white man to save the day and blah, oh my god blah 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 and you know goddamn, sh- sh- just someone turned the internet off <laughs> someone just turned it off it's fine I don't we don't need to do this anymore. We can record on a cassette tape. They can mail us a dollar a month. We'll send out cassette tapes. That can be the future of podcasting I mean, without the internet. We can do it, guys. We'll do it for you. Um, so that's pretty 
interesting that yeah. Doctor Strange was supposed to be in it because that that whole that book, the Dark Hold, is like within the Doctor Strange okay. um, uh, mythology and everything. So that her like studying the book and becoming a full on embracing her witchiness will really be a thing that leads into. Um, her essentially being a co-star in Multiverse of Madness. Because she went from the WandaVision set straight to Sam Raimi's uh, Doctor Strange set. Cool. Yeah, she filmed those like back-to-back. Meanwhile, the Loki show is going to come out earlier than expected. Cool. Precisely two days earlier. (laughs) It was supposed to come out Friday, June 11. All these these Disney Plus shows have been coming out um, on Fridays. Yeah. Uh, but because Bad Batch is going to be running as well, Bad Batch started for Star Wars, mm-hmm. and that's on Fridays, they want Loki to come out on a separate day so that they don't interfere with each mm-hmm. other social media-wise. So Loki will be coming out on Wednesday, June 9. Okay. So uh, Wednesday's new Loki. I'm looking forward to I've Throughout the whole MCU, Loki has never been a, a big favorite of mine. Yeah. But for whatever reason, this show it really... Looks it intrigues the fuck out of me. It looks bonkers. It looks... So good. It look. This is the fun you can have with the Marvel universe. Yes, finally embracing the possibility. I mean, I mean, they already they'll, have they'll, Gu- Guardians of the Galaxy was the start of the fun. Hundred mm-hmm. percent, and uh, I think they're fully gonna embrace it with the animated What If show. No, yeah, hundred percent. Come out eventually. I'm just glad that they nobody. That they didn't forget about what if. Yes, right. Thank you. I'll watch you to watch her and yeah. all that. Yes. See, seeing stuff like that, it's like, oh, okay. What if my, what, my little comic book geek heart throbs for that shit? The what if stuff was my favorite when I was yeah, a kid, as a surface so, level always, comic book level. Because it was just lover. weird stuff. Yeah. It's, you know, it's it's not canon. You know, it doesn't matter. It's just having fun with characters. Yeah, I had one where Wolverine was like, he was like Beast, but all in white. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, what? what's going on here? That's Wolverine. No. That's not Wolverine. Uh, good stuff. Good, good stuff. Um, and then final final Marvel comic book thing here is actually Dave Bautista talking about his future in the MCU as Drax, mm-hmm. specifically. Um, and I'll just read the quote. He says, There were talks for a while about a Drax and Mantis film. And it was really because it was James Gunn's idea. He wanted to do a Drax and Mantis film. He laid it out to me. I thought it was such a brilliant idea. But... I haven't heard any follow-up from the studio. I don't think they're very interested, or it doesn't fit into the way they have things mapped out. Other than that, no. I mean, as far as my obligations, I've got Guardians 3, and that's going to probably be the end of Drax. So there you go. Get get your fill of Drax with this movie coming up, because Dave Bautista's going to be uh, moving on, moving on to other stuff. And he, shit, he deserves it. It's time for him to... yeah. Bigger and better things. I mean, he's got a Zack Snyder movie coming on Netflix soon. Lead of that, I read a separate interview where he talked about um, how he, James Gunn wrote a role for him in Suicide Squad, wanted to be in the movie, obviously, and he was so excited to work with him again because he's like, that's my boy, that's my guy. And um, and then Snyder comes calling. He's like, hey, you want to <laughs> you want to be the lead in one of my movies? And Dave Bautista was very honest with me. Like, I've, Zach Snyder's the guy I really want to work with. It's a lead in a movie, so it's bigger, uh, more money. And he really, really liked the script. So he said the hardest conversation he had uh, in recent years was having to speak to James Gunn. Be like, I got to turn down. Suicide Squad. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but then he said James Gunn was just super happy, obviously happy yeah. for him. Like, no, that's amazing. Yeah, well, and and yeah, and besides, he found uh, 
He, I mean, James Gunn obviously loves wrestlers because whatever the fuck he's doing with Peacemaker. Jesus, John Cena. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, James Gunn's in love. He's so in love. And he's going to turn me into a goddamn John Cena. <laughs> this motherfucker. Yeah, he is. How dare he do this to me? Well, I already got little bits and pieces. Look, there was, there was one movie that I saw with John Cena where I was like, you know what? Date Nights? He has a no. small role in that. Um, it was some small movie. I forget. What was it? He, he, yeah, because he's been kicking around for a minute, you know, building up slowly yeah. to, to these movies for sure. Drew's going to look yeah, it up real quick while I yeah, while I move on here. Funny. Actually, so speaking of um, Army of the Dead, Zack Snyder's uh, return, real return to filmmaking, if you don't count uh, Justice League, the Zack Snyder cut. Um, they, Netflix, worked out a deal with Cinemark and other uh, some, uh, similar smaller movie, uh, smaller movie chains like Marcus Theaters to release Army of the Dead in theaters. The Wall. The Wall. He was really good in The Wall. Him and... Aaron uh, Taylor Johnson. And uh, Kick-Ass. Yeah. Yeah, Peacemaker and Kick-Ass get pinned down. Um, that probably was like the first time I saw him in a movie. I was like, yeah. I was actually, like, oh, wow. You know what? Like, he's hey, not, guy, maybe now I get it. This guy's not bad at all, actually. Yeah, for real. Yeah. And then he was, that's another thing, too. I wasn't he a was, fan of him as a wrestler. And he was fine in Bumblebee, too. They made Bumblebee 2. I haven't seen no, Bumblebee he was 2. Fine. He was fine in Bumblebee as well. Oh, God. <laughs> I thought I was missing a sequel. I was like, God, I'm an idiot. He was really good in Bumblebee. Um, so they worked out a deal to show Army of the Dead in theaters for a week before it comes out on Netflix. So oh, cool. if there's a Cinemark near you or Marcus Theaters, I think a lot of these theaters are West Coast heavy. Oh. Um, but it is available to see in theaters, which is pretty, pretty cool. sweet. And I wondered this when they spent $450 million for Knives Out 2 and 3. Are they planning on putting that out in theaters somehow? Are they going to try to mm-hmm. work out a deal? This may be the beginning of Netflix. Getting sh- getting shit in theaters? Getting shit in theaters one way or another. Uh, and I'm all for this. I'm all for getting more options in theaters. If I want to see a movie in a theater, I want to be able to go right yeah, there. Who ca- I don't care who made it. Yeah, exactly. We get, I mean, if it looks like it's going to be fun on the big screen, I want to see this shit. So that's pretty cool. That's pretty, pretty cool. Also, Zack Snyder mentioned that he wouldn't survive doing a Star Wars movie. Uh, his quote's pretty interesting here. Uh, and it's speci- specifically about how... Um, here it is. When it, where it gets difficult is when you take a director with a personal point of view and ask him to participate in a thing that is not asking for that. The journeyman filmmaker, there are a lot of them, and they're good. I just happen to have a specific point of view. The lesson I've learned is much easier for me as a filmmaker to create a world and invite you into it, as opposed to me saying, let me put my cog in your wheel, right? Mm -hmm. So he says, uh, I would love to make a Star Wars movie. But I don't think I would survive that. Uh, and it makes sense that, you know, uh, when you have a huge lumbering corporation like this that's making its gigantic pop art, yeah. you can Taika with TT it up and get some of your humor in there and your color and stuff. But you still have to fit well, in their machine. Well, I mean, yes and no. I mean, if it's done right, it can be just... For, for me, Star Wars is... I think a great universe for letting people do their own thing. Mm-hmm. Like it's an entire universe. Yeah. Just take 
you know, one character that the nerd boys are going to like yeah. for whatever reason and turn that into your story. I mean, they, right. d- they did it with Mandalorian. That's true. You could find something and then, like, John Favreau's uh, Mandalorian is fantastic. People exactly. Love that now. I, I mean, sure Obi-Wan are- Kenobi's just going to be a fucking samurai movie on a fucking desert planet. And I think people, people are, are going to lose their minds. I think people are really going to like Deborah Chow's uh, Obi-Wan show. I think yeah. that's going to be great. Um, so yeah, absolutely, I, absolutely. I, I think there's room for Zack Snyder's Star Wars movie if Disney's willing to let Zack Snyder make his ah, Star Wars. Movie. So that's the thing. Like, are they going to want that like R-rated, bloody as hell, like stormtroopers uh, doing uh-huh. a heist movie or something? Like, do they want uh, David Cronenberg's Babu Frick? Film? <laughs> you know, I don't think so. Yeah. Now there's two Babu Fricks and they're twins. They're like Babu Frick, <laughs> and then they're cutting open women. Like, what's happening here? <laughs> Why did Disney allow this? Um, yeah, the, the, the universe is so big, the sandbox is so big that you would think that. The, so it's really on Disney then their willingness to. Uh, well, and then, but hand over so much but, control. But then again, they you know you've got two. Can, I mean, they did it with Rogue One and it worked with limited success. Yeah, that'd be but also, they, also, they also had to reshoot forty percent of that movie. <laughs> and then, but then they also did it with uh, Han Solo, and that was whoo. They, that's because they they fired Lord Miller. I mean, how insane is that? Those two guys. They're like, no, we don't like what you guys are doing. That movie was going to be amazing. Solo was going to be amazing. <laughs> and then they fired them and reshot it all with Ron Howard. Oh, no, we're going to get the director of um, uh, the, what, what, what the goddamn Tom Hanks movies, God, the Da Vinci Code, oh. and uh, In the Heart of the Sea. No, no, that's much better than 21 Jump Street. <laughs> and the Lego movie. Idiots. Mitchell's read the machines. They just produced it. It's a good movie. Into the Spider-Verse. God damn, Into the Spider-Verse <laughs> again. They just produced it so good. These guys know what they're doing. Um, I would love to have seen Han Solo as Ace Ventura. That's what people kept referring to it as. Like, they thought he was doing Ace Ventura. <laughs> that that, that sounds been, crazy to me. so good. Um, you know what's crazy? The one cut of the dead. Thanks, Billy D, for introducing that to both of us, right? Um... The guy who made The Artist, the French director of The Artist, he is going to do a remake of One Cut of the Dead. <laughs> well, he gets it. <laughs> yeah, he gets it. He understands it. So here we go. French remake of One Cut of the Dead coming from the director of The Artist. Um, F9. They've, this is now the ninth Fast and Furious movie, largely with the same rotating cast, mm-hmm. right? Apparently, this movie is making weird, like, internal F and F history in a way. Apparently, Michelle Rodriguez noticed... This is now the ninth movie of the series. Her character, Letty, who is Vin Diesel's uh, like paramour for most of the series, yeah. right? Um, and uh, Jordana Brewster's character, who is Paul Walker's uh, wife in that, mm-hmm. right? So they're all, quote, family. We're, yeah. fam- we're family. Um, those two characters have never had a scene together. They haven't <laughs> spoken a word to each other. They yeah. have nothing. Jordana Brewster and Michelle Rodriguez have not shared significant at all screen time in these movies. So apparently Michelle Rodriguez is like, uh, like... Write something for us <laughs> together. We need to do this. How come the women are so undertreated? She has, from the very beginning, like really fought for her role in this movie, in these movies. She even quit at one point, demanded yep. more money mm-hmm. and more screen time for her and the other females, um, the female actors, female characters, what I should say. And uh, yeah. good for her. I mean, Wonder Woman was part of the Fast and Furious crew for a while. Yo. They, <laughs> and then they killed her off. They didn't know what they had. They did not know what they had when they killed her off. They they brought back the the Korean guy. Like we're bringing back Han. Like can we bring back a Dutch? They no. Up. She's like no no. I'm I'm Wonder Woman now. Get that <laughs> done with you. She's out. 
she's out, guys. Um, but Charlie Starando sticking around for at least a cameo, I think, at least one scene. Uh, some TV stuff. Perry Mason, they're getting new showrunners. Okay. All right. The the people who did season one are moving on to other stuff, and the people who are picking up season two, um, they handle. Let's see if it says blah 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 bleep blah bloop. To Nick. Okay. There we go. That's pretty cool. That that's why I pulled this story. Pete, the guys who worked on the Nick. Um, what are their names? Emil and Begler. Those are last names. That tells us nothing. Mm-hmm. They are uh, picking up season two. Cool. We're left off. So season two happening. New showrunners. It'll be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Season one was good. Yeah. I really enjoyed that fucking dark ass Perry Mason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, what the fuck? Why is Perry Mason? My mom was like, why is he a bum? She hated it. <laughs> he's like, he's supposed to be suave and smart. Like, nope, not this Perry Mason. No, this is he's a this sad is, bum. This is, this is Perry Mason Begins. <laughs> yeah. Frank Miller's Perry Mason Begins. He's, he's a sad, bummy Perry Mason Begins. Uh... I read a book last year called Conversations with Friends, mm-hmm. written by this lady, Sally Rooney. She's a fantastic uh, uh, author. And this book is being turned into a Hulu series. There we go. And it's coming from Lenny Abramson, who is, he directed, um, what's that, uh, that kind of not good horror movie with Domino Gleason where he's in a house that's like a sort of a haunted house. Did you see that one? I don't think so. And then he directed, but before that he did um, Room. Okay. The Brie Larson movie. Room? Yeah, just Room. Yeah. The Room is Tommy Wiseau. Uh, so he's a pretty good director, Lenny Abramson. He's doing the show, and it's a really, really good book. I actually just want to recommend people read the book. It's mm-hmm. also very short, like 200 pages. And it's about a like a college-age girl who she's friends with. Uh, one of her friends is married to, um, she finds out is married to an actor. Or through her friend, she meets a new friend who's married to a kind of a famous actor. And uh, they sort of strike up a thing. Uh, so it's about relationships. Oh, also, she's like, she's mostly a lesbian. So she's kind of confused about why am I kind of into this guy? Because mm-hmm. I'm really into women and all that. And uh, this is really good. Set in Ireland. It's an Irish book. Very, very good. Conversations with women. No, Conversations with Friends. Highly recommend it. Hulu series coming soon from Lenny Abramson. Uh, do you remember uh, a couple years ago? We barely talked about this because it was on a channel, Epics. No one has Epics. Oh. The Pennyworth show. I mean, I I know it's uh, it's like <laughs> Alfred begins. Frank Miller's Alfred begins, mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty much. And um, it's like him in the sixties. Thomas Wayne recruits Alfred uh to do whatever like he wet his, work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thomas Wayne has some wet work that needs to be done, so he hires Pennyworth. Um, so it's an epic show, so no one's seen it. But since it's Warner Brothers DC and all that shit's been brought under one umbrella, it's coming to HBO Max, yes. seasons one and two, cool. and they greenlit a season three. Awesome. I got something. I'm looking forward to watching that. Yeah, so let's see. Let's see. It's got to be decent enough. Yeah. We did a couple seasons of it, right? We'll see if it's any good. Uh, meanwhile, speaking of HBO, we got Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy, creators of Westworld series, have another show coming to streaming. It's coming to Amazon, and it is going to be called... Let me see here. Blah, 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 Future blah. World. That would be, that'd be <laughs> really funny. <laughs> it's called Unknown. Ooh, what a yeah. original title. Mm-hmm. A psychological horror anthology series that plunges into the corners of the American landscape, probing the intersection of folklore and our bloody history of true crime. Cool. 
Um, its first oh, season will center around an estranged brother and sister who return to the Texas killing field, only to encounter a dark spirit that inhabits the region from their childhood. Fun. Seems fun, right? Yeah, yeah sure. I'm down. Let's do it, guys. They're also working on a sci-fi techno thriller drama series called The Peripheral, also on Amazon. Wait, is that... Uh, that must be William Gibson's The Peripheral, which I've read. There we go. And it's fantastic. There we go. Oh, shit. That's actually uh, lofty as fuck. Uh, so there we go. That's what they're working on. Let me go through these stories. I still have... Oh, shit. We're running out of time. Um... Cherry pick. I'm going to drop this story because who gives a shit? Oh, quick music story. This is actually fascinating. Uh, these bands cashing in on their catalogs. Have mm-hmm. you heard anything about this at all? No. Uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers have sold their whole music catalog to a group called Hypnosis, okay. but with a G in there, um, like as in diagnosis, mm-hmm. hypnosis. Um, $140 million for their catalog. Apparently, Drew, there has been a run on music catalogs lately. Uh, Stevie Nicks sold her catalog for $100 million. Bob Dylan sold his Universal for $300 million. Well, yeah, but I mean, then it, your music out of your hands. It's going to be used in whatever the fuck the new owners want it used in. Absolutely. And they're, and what they're, they're selling them to these like huge companies and hedge funds and stuff. This hypnosis uh, group is buying up a whole lot of shit. So... Yeah, there goes there goes the idea of like selling out and artistic and tech all out the window now. No one gives a shit. When did selling out stop being a problem? Right? Yeah. Apparently, that used yeah. to be a big. You can't. Oh, you're a sellout, bro. Uh, posers and all mm-hmm. that. All you're just in there. now. People are like, why did you create music? Because I wanted to be famous. Not not. And because I wanted to make a shit ton of fucking money. Yeah, not because I wanted to express myself or had something to say. But no, I want fame. That's the world we live in now, right? With because of the, apparently because of the social media shit. Am I that old guy now? Yes. Am I gonna start doing mm-hmm. that? Yep. Let's talk. You the crotchety old man. Let's talk some social media shit. Uh, ben Affleck slid into some lady's DMs and she put that shit on TikTok. Oh, gotta be careful. And it's this funny thing where uh, I actually uh, saw her video like on my on my algorithm. It popped up. I saw it. I was like, hey, that's funny. And then I saw the article the next day. I was like, oh, shit, this, <laughs> this really blew up. Yeah. Um, so it's just some like gorgeous model lady Duh. or some white lady who uh, big text on screen and just said that... Um, that she, essentially she matched. You, do you know what Raya is? No. As not Raya and the Last Dragon, but Raya the the dating app. Nope. It's ostensibly for celebrities. Okay. And like you have to get on a waiting list. You have to be approved to get on no. it. Um, well, because I'm sure they want to know that it's actually you. Well, the, yeah, <laughs> that and it's supposed to be exclusive. Yeah. And, but it's also apparently filled up with a lot of Instagram models and DJs and stuff like Duh. that. So it's like real low level fame shit. Uh, but some real celebs actually use it. And uh, Ben, this lady matched with Ben Affleck, but she was like, hey, no way, this is really Ben Affleck. So then unmatched him. He took note of her name, found her on Instagram, and then sent her a video via DMs. It was just a close-up of his face saying, like, her name was like, I can't remember her name. It was like, Jolene, it's me. It's me, Ben. Uh, very short video of him. Uh, and she just put that on TikTok, like, and it was like, oh, when do you think it's uh, not Ben Affleck? But then he slides into your DMs, and then fucking plays the video, and now it's all over the internet. Mm-hmm. Ben Affleck trying to slide into his uh, models' DMs, and mm-hmm. it was like, of course, she's gorgeous. Why mm-hmm. wouldn't he try to? 
but then she just blew his shit up. Yeah, Pretty hilarious. Funny. It sucks being a celebrity sometimes when you're just trying to get your dick wet. <laughs> and you can't. Look, he's sober. He went through a divorce. Twice divorced now, I think, this poor guy. Uh, he, he's I, got a giant phoenix. He keeps rising from the ashes like that, that fucking phoenix that, on that his back. Terrible phoenix tattoo on his back. Uh, now he's been seeing uh, that, that J-Lo split with A-Rod. Uh, now he's been seen hanging out with J-Lo again. Oh. So is it just like old friends reconnecting or is it old friends reconnecting? I'm doing, I'm doing <laughs> yeah. scissor fingers to yeah. Drew. Yeah, you know, they're, they're, they're fucking. Why not? He's probably in really good shape now because he's sober. She's in incredible shape because she's, because she's J-Lo. J-Lo. Jesus no. Christ almighty. Uh, and she's also on TikTok, which is funny because she still just does like thirsty mom stuff where she's hanging out in a bikini and does like a really arm's length selfie yeah. like that and you're like oh jail you don't gotta do that why are you being thirsty for you're America still wants you um Mark Wahlberg meanwhile on social media has shown off his uh dramatic weight gain for a movie that he's doing uh, and I can go up he did this on Instagram struggling to say stay irrelevant I'll show you this video here you can see him pull up his shirt I mean, he's a little. He's got, he's got a little chunk to him. He's got he's got a belly over his abs. Yeah. And here's a picture of him. Okay, so here on the right, he's ripped. Yeah. And a boxer. On the left is three weeks later, thirty pounds heavier. So because he's already ripped, but he put on weight that fast, he's just like he's fat ripped. He's like Stallone in Copland, where Stallone has his big old belly, but then but when underneath, it, like, yeah, yeah, you still he's see ripped. the muscles. Yeah. It's like there's. I remember there's this one shot in Copland where he's like so, sort of in the distance, and it's a silhouette of him, a very dramatic dark shot. Um, so you see his outline, and yeah, he's got like. A bell-shaped body, but then his arms and shoulders. Oh, boom! He's Rocky Balboa from the <laughs> shoulders up. It's like he's not. He's this fat guy is still doing pull-ups or something. Yeah. I don't know what's going on here. Um, but the point of this character, he is specifically still working out while trying to put on weight because he's playing. He's doing a sort of raging bull, playing a guy, a younger guy as a boxer, and then years later when he's older and yeah. he has all the weight put on. But I guess he's still sort of working out. Um. His uh, regimen for putting on the weight is interesting. He's trying to do it in, quote, the healthiest way possible with all his nutritionists, the yeah. people who keep him in shape, keep him healthy. So uh, it, he, he still gets one cheat day a week where he goes to his, essentially, usually goes to his favorite Italian restaurant and gets a pizza or pasta. But normally, he's just eating a lot of food. He's not eating poorly, just yeah. a lot of it. So he upped his calories from 2,000 calories to 7,000 calories a day. He's eating six meals a day, which includes having to get up at, like, Three in the morning. Just to eat. Just to eat. Just to eat like a chicken breast, four eggs, <laughs> uh, like a, re- a full ass meal first thing in the morning. Uh, my The funniest thing I think is the thing he eats at right at night before he goes to bed. Where is it here? Um, the b- 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 Wahlberg's meals cover an assortment of foods, chicken, beef, fish, eggs, bacon, white rice, pastas, obviously, bacon, protein, shakes, spinach, pork, chopsticks. Here we go. Before heading to bed, he drinks a concoction made of steel-cut oats, applesauce, almond butter, molasses, and jam or jelly. I mean, it's basically just grains and sugar. Just grains and tons of sugary, the sugary sugars. Yeah. Uh, his favorite, Sounds pretty good. His favorite meal is chicken pot pie. Um... That's according to his uh, his personal chef. So yeah, he's putting on the weight for all this there. Good for him. Meanwhile, Will Smith put out this picture. Have you seen this picture? Will Smith, marketing genius, his whole life marketing genius. 
put out for us a picture on Instagram with the caption saying, um, this is not the original article, so I don't have that picture, but the caption said, uh, oh, here we go. I'm in the worst shape of my life. (laughs) (laughs) Good for you, Will. Congratulations. And uh, here we go. That's a funny picture of him like in a short shorts and a tracksuit top, sort of just like showing off his belly here. Here we go. You look, you look like a normal dude, Well, He just looks like a 50-year-old man. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. He looks like what yep. he is, is a 50-year-old man. Um, and his, the quote is, I'm going to be real with y'all. I'm in the worst shape of my life. But then the next day, he puts out a little video, and here he is like... They're just showing off... Uh, yeah, the gut. The gut and all that. Yeah. Uh, this is the video that carried me through an entire pandemic and countless days grazing through the pantry. I love this body, but I want to feel better. No more midnight muffins. This is it. I'm going to get in the best shape of my life, teaming up with YouTube to get my health and wellness back on track. Trusa Cogburn, Will Smith doing a uh, like a fitness series, whatever, like getting my life back on track fitness-wise for YouTube. He found so, a way so- to turn his fat old pandemic life into uh, even more money. Yeah, yeah, he's going to get paid to get back into shape that's, as opposed to just having to do it by himself that's so goddamn that's a genius thing that these celebs have figured out allowing themselves to get out of shape and then finding someone to pay them to get back in shape uh jessica simpson is the queen of this yeah. where uh she gets a prego i mean she hasn't done this in a minute now but she gets pregnant blows up like anna nicole smith at her worst blows up and then she gets on some sort of a whatever diet fitness plan that'll pay her uh, and then she probably doesn't even use that shit. Yeah. She just like uses her whatever fitness team she uses to get back into amazing shape because she can do it. And then she's like, "Oh yeah, use uh, Jenny Craig, or, <laughs> f- uh, fitness spa trimmer, or whatever you want to use." Um, meanwhile, Stephen King has apparently been doing his own version of a hundo. Cool. He's been going through '80s and '90s movies that he has either never seen or has seldom seen, as he puts it. And he's been tweeting about these movies. Uh, so people are being surprised at some of the things that he has not seen. And one of them most recently was Reservoir Dogs. No. You're watching yeah. that for the first time in 2021. And what did he think? Uh, for those who exclaim, what, you've never seen Reservoir Dogs, see next tweet. Here we go. Here's next tweet. After Dogs made a splash at Con, a film community friend of mine sent me a bootleg VHS tape that was a dub of a dub of a dub. The picture was blurry. The sound seemed to bubble up from 20,000 leagues under the sea. Uh, so that's why he didn't watch it at the time and didn't finish it. And does he actually have an opinion about Reservoir Dogs? Does it say here? What does it say? Apparently uh, not. I guess not. I guess not in the actual... Uh, he, he, he likes all these movies, though. Pretty much what he's talking about. Um, oh, the... In this particular tweet, continuing 60 years of never or seldom seen films from 1962 to 2021, excuse me, Reservoir Dogs, Menace to Society, The Lion King. Yeah, I get that. I've, I enjoyed all those movies. So those are three good movies to watch. Yeah. Uh, so that's your social media stuff. We did that, we did that, we did that. We talk about, uh, oh my God, are we? did we do it? We did it. Are we done? Cool. Is this it? Congratulations. Can, can, can I, another week. Can I finally release Trusa Cogburn from his uh, weekly... Uh, imprisonment. Uh, yep, that's it, guys. That's the end of the episode. Four thirty-five is in the can. I mean, at least the chains have pads on them now. 
You know, I mean, I, I don't want you to <laughs> I can't be leaving DNA in this motherfucker. Running out of all, spend all this money on bleach just to all these, clean all these wounds. Trusa Cogburn, thank you, sir. You're welcome. You are welcome, listeners, for this week's show. We'll be back next week with all new stuff, 436 and uh, patreon.com slash crespity. So sign up, you sons of bitches, and give us your money. We want your monies. Uh, Trusa Cogburn, we are out of here. Kill your masters. Bye-bye. A PFT Media Production.